Welcome back. I'm Mark Verkler. We're exploring living words from the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 14, which is his final night with the disciples. He's sharing the most important truths that he wants them to wrap their lives around, which means they're probably they're the most important truths for you and I to wrap our lives around also. So let me share my screen and let's go to John chapter 14. Here in the top uh, left corner, Jesus, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father. He will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. And I am reading up here from the New American Standard Bible instead of the Passion Translation, the New American Standard. He will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. Hmm, that word no, I think I'd like to just take a look at the New American Standard. Verse 17, will cannot receive because it does not see him or, or know him. You see the drop down, it's Gnosko, doesn't have an intimate experience with him. He abides with you, okay, but you know him. That's the word for Gnosko again, all right? And, you know, if you click on that number, then it's going to give you definitions down here in the bottom. There is definition, Gnosko, to learn to know, to come to know, perceive. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes uh, I'd like to add to the definitions a bit. Well, I guess it does. Um, it's a Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between, between a man and a woman. And that's just a little bit more than understanding. It's a little bit more than to get knowledge of. Okay, it does involve feeling for sure, yeah. All right, so there we go. So we're back to the New American Standard. That is a spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. It's not intimate with the Holy Spirit, but we're intimate with the Holy Spirit because he abides with you and he will be in you. Those are two different relationships we can have with the Holy Spirit. Before we're saved, the Holy Spirit is with us. And then after we're saved, at the point of salvation, the Holy Spirit enters into us. So, and then there's a third relationship with the Holy Spirit too, which you'll find in Acts chapter two, verses one to four, Holy Spirit came and rested upon them with the tongues of fire. So you got three relationships with the Holy Spirit with you, alongside of you before you're saved, in you when you're saved, and then when you're empowered, you should, Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you when he comes upon you or overflows out through you however you want to look at that then there's a release of power okay verse 18 i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you after a little while the world will no longer see me but you will see me because i live you will live also on that day you will know that i am in my Father, and you're in me, 
<laughs> and I'm in you. The union is intimate, thorough, complete. Jesus is in me. I'm in Jesus. We're in the Father. We're, no matter how you look at yourself, at your heart, you have a new heart, a new spirit. It's the heart of Jesus. And you have Jesus' radiance on the outside of you. So when you look at you from this point on, you should see yourself as Christ glowing because that's who you are. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And because he loves me, he will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will disclose myself to him. So words of wisdom, words of knowledge, disclosure of revelation truth from the father comes by doing the things that are here in this verse, all right? Loving him, obeying him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, then what has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus said to him, if anyone loves me, he's going to repeat himself again, apparently. He thinks it's important. He loves me. He's going to keep my word. <clears throat> And my father will love him. I will come to him. We'll make our abode with him. So I think when the father in Jesus is abiding with me, I'm abiding in him, or you're abiding in him, and he's abiding with you, that's when there's a fullness of power to be released through touch as you lay hands on the sick and as you minister deliverance to people. So I think this is all part of that phrase, you can ask anything in my name. I think everything we're reading right here is a discussion of what he means by in my name. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which you hear is not mine. It's the fathers who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. It's, it's amazing to me the amount of time Jesus is spending talking about the Holy Spirit as a teacher, the one who brings us to truth. Peace I live to you, my peace I give to you, and that as the world gives to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You've heard that I said to you, I go away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I've told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you. The ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. There's no darkness, no sin in Jesus. And Satan was the ruler of this world until Christ's resurrection, when he tore the keys, death and hell from Satan, took all power from him, and is now seated in heavenly places and were at his side, ruling with him. So rulership in this world may have been Satan up to the point of Jesus' resurrection, but now it's you and I, Christ. So that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me, get up, let us go from here. <clears throat> okay, so when we finished up the last session, we mentioned this verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. For you, what does it mean to ask in his name? And so I think um, verses 15 and on detail what it means. 
And so here in the bottom left corner, I've just kind of listed some of these things out. Um, just to review, Jesus said, I'm in the Father. The Father abiding in me does his work. So if he's abiding with you because you love him and are keeping his commandments and sin has been dealt with through repentance and seeking the face of God, then the Spirit's abiding with you, and I think power can flow through you. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do. I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who keeps my commandments is the one who loves me, will be loved by the Father. I will love him and disclose myself to him, and we'll make our abode with him, verse 23. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So just summarize this in a sentence. I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. I keep his commandments. I'm loved by God. God abides with me. The spirit of, of, of truth discloses revelation to me. That's, that's the lifestyle, as I understand it, that we are to live. This is an immersive, intimate union. Jesus is in the Father. The Father's in Jesus. Jesus does nothing on his own initiative, but only what he hears and sees the Father doing. We're in Jesus. Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. We do nothing in our initiative, but only what the Holy Spirit, Spirit of Truth is revealing to us. So it's an exact parallel relationship. When Jesus and the Father operated together when Jesus was here on earth, is exactly the same way that we operate with the Holy Spirit uh, in our Christian lives. Okay, so here's some journaling questions. <laughs> Bottom left corner, Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I enter your courts with praise. Lord, please explain the significance of me having the spirit within me rather than just being with me and the significance of the fact that those in the world don't have the spirit of truth within them because they do not seek you or know you. Mark, the difference is night and day. To have him within you means there's a union at the core of your being. You are joined to the Holy Spirit. He is the breath you breathe, the life you live. He's a constant, ever fluorescent light within you, lighting your inner being, flowing effortlessly from your innermost being. He has become your life. Having him with you meant that he was alongside wanting to give you thoughts, but was not easily accomplishing this as your thoughts overruled continuously. Union with God is the golden accomplishment of the new covenant. I think I want to repeat it. Union with God is the golden accomplishment of the new covenant. The world has been sent a deluding spirit as they resisted my call to them through their conscious consciousness. They have seared their conscience, hardened their hearts, and demonic deception uh, is their reality. They live in delusion and confusion, darkness and in death. They are of all people to be pitied. This whole idea of the spirit in us. <clears throat> Let's go back over to the top right corner of the spirit of truth. Let's see. He abides with you and he will be in you. Okay, verse 17, John 14, 17. I wanted to look for that word in just to see if it's epsilon new. I can use a new American standard with the strong numbers in it. Go to verse 17. He's with you and will be 
in you. Well, there's no Greek word next to it. But like I said, the King James uses a different Greek text. So let's just click on the Greek uh, KJV plus. And now we're going to have the same verse highlighted, John 14, 17, different color. He's with you and will be in. See, there, there is a Greek word there. <clears throat> and um, that's the word. I just clicked on it. So that shows up here at the bottom. N, epsilon nu, uh, E-N, in, okay? So in it is. All right. So question two. Lord, bottom left corner. Lord, explain the implications of the fact that you are in the Father, I'm in you, and you're in me. Mark, that means that you are completely encased in the Godhead. Within and without, you are an expression of God. You must see yourself this way. Any other vision of yourself is an evil imagination that takes you backward and not forward, Jeremiah 7.24, in King James Version. If you are to go forward and do the mighty works of releasing miracles, healings, you must see yourself as I see you. You are encased in me. You are in me. I am in you. Picturing this reality raises your level of faith, and it's increased faith that releases mighty miracles. John 15 is God increasing Abram's faith by giving him a vision of the promise fulfilled. Millions of stars. Next verse, verse 6 says, Then Abram believed. Once he saw that vision from God of the promise fulfilled, that picture increased his faith. Often you do not see yourself as me in action. However, you are my body. You are me in action. Seeing yourself is simply marked, takes you backward at the fear, inferiority, doubt, and unbelief. Seeing yourself as me, infused into Mark, and encasing Mark, takes you forward to the faith, hope, love, and power. It is not said, is it not said that you were crucified with Christ, and it's not you who lives, but it's Christ who lives his life out through you, Galatians 2.20. Take a step of faith. See yourself as fully infused with spirit power, even as Jesus was, and See yourself as Jesus ministering healing as you lay hands on people. Faith will arise and soon greater miracles will occur. And then there's a blog that I have written in the past. If you would like to access it, that relates to this topic, type in the word imagination uh, on our CWG website, cwgministries.org. And it'll take you to this blog, Perfect Peace, when your imagination is stayed upon Jesus. Shows you scriptural support for all of the ideas we've just shared right here in the last few moments. And if you'd like a solid Christian book on godly imagination, you can read the book, The Power of Imagination by Andrew Walmack. A powerful, wonderful, beautiful book. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. All right. I think that's probably enough for this session. <laughs> so why don't you do some journaling? Find out what God wants to say to you through these verses. 
and then come on back and we will do another, another session. This is Mark Verkler signing off. God bless.